This podcast is brought to you by Western Australia's Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development's Grains Directorate. Hello and welcome to our Grains Convo podcast series focusing on all areas of broadacre grains research. These short podcasts aim to assist grain growers by delving deeper into our research projects that target crop protection, crop production, soils and genetics in broadacre crops. You can now download and subscribe to DPIRD's Grains Combo podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. My name is Jeanette Pratt and I'm a research agronomist based at DPIRD's Moore office. Today I'm talking with Jean Galloway and Dusty Severtson who are both based at DPIRD in Northern and we're going to be discussing monitoring crops for diseases and insects and the new technologies that have been used to do this. Welcome Jean. Thank you Jeanette. Jean, we're going to start off with you. Can you tell us a bit more about what your role at DPIRD is? Uh, Jeanette, um, I'm a plant pathologist, but I specialise in disease um, epidemiology, which is the study of what makes pathogens do what they do and when they do it. I've been doing this for 23 years, um, based in the Northern office, uh, and was worked for 10 years prior to that in Africa. Jean, first of all, I'd just like to say congratulations. I believe you've just received GRD's funding for a three-year project. Can you tell us about this project? Yes, um, we've just got funding for a disease modelling project uh, from the GRDC, which is co-funded by DPIRD, and um, we have um, collaborators from several um, organisations as well, including AGBIC, um, University of Queensland, um, Ag World, Back Paddock, and hopefully I haven't forgotten anyone. Um, this um, project aims to produce decision support tools which help growers make decisions, uh, economic decisions in paddocks. Uh, we also have some additional money from Royalties for Regions, uh, which um, allows us to look at um, spore trap networks within WA. So, Jane, you've mentioned spore, track ne- spore trap networks and monitoring for diseases um, as a component of these projects. Can you talk a little bit more about this in detail and what it all entails? Yes, well, we have things like uh, we have um, sclerotinia depots uh, that we, we locate across eight locations across the wheat belt um, in WA every year. Um, we um, seed these with uh, sclerites from canola, usually. And um, we monitor when apothecia, which are the little mushrooms that cause spore release, well, that release the spores uh, that cause sclerotinia in canola and in lupins. Um, we monitor them for apothecia production and um, work out when that's happening during the season. We also have a network of spore traps that have been developed uh, once again with royalties for regions money um, that are a passive spore trap and we also have a a new type of spore trap that has got an eight-slide cartridge with it and we use these at various locations in the Albany port zone and in the Quinana port zone to monitor spore release from Greenbridge time which is around about um, middle of March each year um, through to the end of the growing season in about November each year to monitor for um, endemic pathogens. 
So, Jane, why is it important to know when particular diseases start to appear in crops during the season? So what is the benefits from all this monitoring? That's a good question, Jeanette. So a lot of diseases like sclerotinia and canola, we actually need to spray before we see the symptoms. Um, So having something like our sclerodepot tells us that um, apothecia are out in a region and it gives um, growers and their agronomists the heads up to actually start thinking about management of that disease and to monitor, to, to look at the weather conditions and make those decisions about whether a spray is actually required or not to control sclerotinia in canola and down the track in lupins as well. Um, and we have some decision support tools that we can use. So we can use like the sclerotinia CM decision support tool. Um, but knowing that the apothecia route is actually a trigger for growers and agronomists to go out and actually um, dig out the, the decision tool and actually use it to make some spray decisions. Um, the same goes for um, things like rust diseases. Um, really, it is better to know that you've got rust in your district rather than the first thing that you know that you're trying to make a decision on managing rust because you found heaps of it in your actual crop there. So our sport trap network is good at picking up things like the first incidence of rust in a district, which gives people the heads up to maybe think about their spraying strategies. So obviously it takes a fair bit of time for people to go out and be checking these depots and the spore traps and and the like. So how are you monitoring these throughout the season? What what are the technologies that you are using to try and minimise the amount of time spent on this? So yes, one of the downsides to having spore trap networks and depots is the amount of time that it takes people to go out, um, monitor them, change the, change slides, um, check what's in there. So um, we've used the royalties for regions money to to develop some technology. So. For instance, um, we've had cameras that we've developed that are linked with mobile phones that go on across the sclerot depots and they can take photographs, well, as many as you like. You just program in however many times you'd like it to be photographed. And we can sit there from our desks and actually look at the pictures that have been taken and work out what's happening there. It doesn't require a person to go out and photograph them on a regular basis. Um, The same goes. We're getting to a point with our spore traps that we are working on machine learning now that will be able to help us read the, the slides. It still means that we're going to have to have um, a, a, a real-life person goes out to change the slides at the moment. But we're currently working on being able to read those slides um, a little bit more efficiently and not require a really highly skilled pathologist to always be reading the slides. We're also working in with companies like BioScout to see um, how our traps um, link in well with the BioScout units, which is all about uh, monitoring sli- um, spores in the field. So, Jane, once you have the information coming in that some of those diseases are appear, where can growers go to get the information that all of a sudden they need to start monitoring for their rusts or their sclerotinia? Well, at the moment, uh, we use that information and we put it out in a timely way. We, uh, PestFax is our delivery mechanism here for WA. And um, as soon as we have a heads up of something happening, we always get an article out in PestFax. Um, but the other, there would be other sites um, eventually. So there are some sites where we have some predictive models and you can go onto the Depot website to get information on, for instance, on blacklegs spore release 
and black spots, spore release, and field peas. So um, some of it's uh, available through the web. Um, some of them we send out SMSs to people telling them that their spores out. Um, you know, we do that for black spot and field pea. But the main mechanism is through pest facts at the moment. All right. Thanks for your time, Jean. We might move on to Dusty now. All right. Thank you for your time, Jeanette. Dusty, you're an entomologist at DPED. Can you tell us a bit more about your role? Yeah, so I lead the grains entomology uh, team at DPERD, uh based at Northam. Uh, we basically cover the whole grain belt uh, with a team at Albany headed by Svetlana Micic, um, team here at Northam um, led by myself, and we've got a new entomologist starting soon um, in Geraldton. Um, but I guess our role overall is really in the space of research, extension, and training. We do a lot of extension to growers and agronomists through things like pest facts, um, but also a lot of industry events. Um, we provide a training course as well on insect identification and management, um, sort of tailored to growers, agronomists, and, and researchers. That's a really important uh, part of what we do as well. But in, I guess in the research space, um, we tend to, I guess, prioritize major issues that are happening for growers. So at the moment, we've got projects on things like diamondback moth, major pest of canola, trying to get a better handle on um, this pest, how, how it sort of progresses during the season, and can we trap um, for it, for example? Can we trap the moths? Um, we have a project on native butterman cereals, which has become a major um, problem in parts of the Geraldton port zone. So we've been working with GRDC on this. We have um, the Diamondback Moth and Budworm projects. Um, there's co-investments with GRDC and working with other groups. Um, things like slugs and snails are a major problem on the South Coast. So we have projects on those. And over the last few years, I suppose, we've been getting more in the space of trying to improve ways we monitor pests and diseases, um, really because of the time restraints, labor restraints with such huge areas of crop. Um, agronomists really feel the crunch with this, um, just trying to get a handle on pests and diseases over such large areas. So we're looking at alternative, I guess, means of um, speeding things up and getting more accuracy with things like smart traps. So we've looked at automated traps for moths or, say, um, passive spore traps for um, disease spores. We're also working nationally with groups over east on projects like IMAP Pests, um, where we're working closely with SARDI to see if we can improve trapping um, and IDs. Uh, and we're also working with UWA to see if we can improve pest detection using, I guess, a completely different sort of um, approach, which is looking at crops um, from above using multispectral drones. And, you know, can we, can we speed up the, the chances of us actually finding pests um, hot spots and things like that, for example. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a bit of uh, technology going on to, I guess, augment what we're already doing to, um, to I guess, make pest management um, easier and more accurate. So, Dusty, with all this monitoring that you're doing, can you tell us a little bit more about that and why it is so important to have an early warning of insect infestations? Yeah, so I guess uh, improving crop monitoring, generally we say, for pests and diseases. It's, it's a major priority for us, basically, because it's kind of the only way we can move away from prophylactic or calendar date spraying, particularly with insecticides. 
um, and move towards a spray when we need to spray um, approach. And the reason for this, um, which is um, becoming more and more of an issue every year globally across agricultural industries, is things like insecticide resistance. When that happens, we basically can't use those modes of action anymore. We're seeing that um, in some groups of pests, we basically can't use some insecticides anymore. And so the alternatives if we're lucky enough to have alternatives, um, are quite expensive. Um, and also things like pesticide effects on operators in the environment are becoming a lot more to the forefront where we're seeing maybe um, either chemicals become unregistered, so we can't use them anymore for um, these sorts of reasons. Um, but ultimately, like it, it's really about saving on inputs in the farm. But we definitely want to mitigate insecticide resistance. We, we don't want that to progress Um what that also does for us is it keeps these cheaper insecticides effective for us to use when we need them. Um, I think that's an important way um, that we're looking forward as well. So in terms of um, monitoring, that's that's really the, the main thrust of why we want better field intelligence um, of what's going on so we can act when we need to. Dusty, you touched a little bit before on some of the technologies that you're currently using or trialling for monitoring of your crops. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Yeah, sure. So the what we're calling smart traps, um, I guess what we did was we looked at what was commercially available globally for um, trapping some of our key pests. So like native butterworm is a major pest of pulses and canola and also uh, pasture legumes. So there was a couple of commercial options we tested, things like um, the trap view trap. So we have some of those that we've been using, which uses, it still uses a pheromone lure specific for native budworm, but it has a bit of a different design and it has a conveyor belt sort of sticky system in the trap where the moths fall on them, they're imaged. And then that information is remotely um, given to us at our desks sort of thing. Uh, we found that, that they were quite good and reliable, um, but perhaps couldn't handle high numbers when, when moths were coming in in um, high numbers. So uh, one of our research scientists, Christian Valentine, designed uh, a different sort of type of trap that sort of used the traditional funnel trap, which is great for budworm, and the, the pheromone lure. But it would it would image the trap contents and then um, dump them into a separate compartment as well. Um, so that can be imaged periodically and that gets sent to us. So that that's worked quite well as well. Um, so those are kind of some of the traps we've been using uh, for, for budworm. Uh, another interesting technology that we've been getting stuck into is basically rapid um, molecular identification in the field, which has been a impossibility in the not so distant past. Um, but there's some new technologies such as what's called LAMP, which is uh, loop-mediated isothermal amplification, long phrase for um, this new sort of, it's just a small shoebox size machine that you take into the field with, with some kit involved in it. Um, and so our main virologist, Ben Conklin, he's, he's been developing tests for this technology. And uh, some of the main ones he's been focusing on were um, turn, so turnip yellows virus is transmitted by green peach aphids uh, into canola. It's very unpredictable every year. And the problem with viruses is once you have the virus in your crop, um, 
the only thing you can really do is maybe prevent spread, but you can't treat it like other pests. You can't just sort of kill the aphids um, to prevent the virus because it's already in your crop. And so the idea here is to get sort of a preemptive approach. Um, so Ben's actually been trapping aphids as they're flying before they get into the field and then going out into the field and testing those aphids for presence of virus. And then you can then um, advise growers basically through things like pest facts that they're either um, not in a high risk at all in a particular area or they, they actually need to be um, monitoring their crops and probably spraying as an anti-feed spray to um, to basically prevent spread of um, Turnipiola's virus in that canola. And he's, he's been applying this to other things too, like um, fall armyworm, which has been really good because it's quite difficult to identify in the field, either relative to other caterpillars or even the moths, things like that. So he has a very rapid test in the field using their DNA. It takes about 30 minutes before you can get a result. And that's been, that's been really handy obviously not just for grains, more so for horticulture, actually, and all the irrigated egg um, across WA. So that's been really good. Another interesting area that we've been delving into a bit um, is using multispectral drones. So the idea with this is um, with the new technology, instead of actually imaging crops um, with a lot long drawn out process of stitching the images together and all this, we basically have a couple of technologies at least at the moment that give you a live video feed of, of the vegetation index such as NDVI. And so this really contrasts out and gives, gives us the ability to see from above over the crop, where are the areas of crop that are a bit suspect, whether they're stunting, um, a classic that aphids can do to seedling crops is cause like a circular sort of damage patch. Anything like that that gets picked up really helps us to hone in our monitoring. So it's kind of a step, taking a step back from the traditional walking into a crop, how many plants should I look at, how many areas of the crop should I look at, and augmenting it with, with, um, with sort of a vegetation index video feed, throwing the drone in the sky, and then seeing what's going on in the crops um, around you, you get to see a, a lot more um, compared to just seeing, just being on the ground. Um, and also the fact that you've got NDVI um, is actually not just giving you um, things like chewing damage or plants missing, but we know that this technology picks up things like stunting, which to the, to the human eye would look like maybe health, healthy plants. There might be aphids on the other side of those leaves. And so what you can see through NDVI is actually things like stunting. So these are, these are technologies. We, we want to see how it all fits. You know, all the, um, is it something that growers should be using? Is it something that maybe agronomists would pick up instead of, instead of growers um, as part of their service and this sort of thing? So you've just spoken about whether that might be accessible for agronomists or growers. Is it currently accessible or is it still being trialled? Uh, so things like uh, the early warning systems that, that we were talking about, things like budworm trapping, diamondback moth trapping, even fall armyworm trapping, which we've done quite a lot of um, with the moths, that's happening on growers' properties across the, the whole grain belt. And, and um, some of those are actually monitored by growers. 
Um, so that, that helps a lot with manual, manual trapping by growers. But ultimately, it's really the information coming out of this across whole regions that's the most important for growers to know about. And so uh, that, that, that would be the same as well for things like the spore trapping that we're doing. Uh, I mentioned virus testing. Things like this need to be um, done by experts. Um, something, some of the spore trapping, for example, needs to be actually taken back to the lab um, before we can diagnose what, what it is. Is it a rust on there or is it pottery mildew, things like that. Um, so that's another case where this, I guess this program's operated by um, what you call experts, but then the information that comes out of it is really um, what's most important for growers. Um, and I guess a bit of interpretation of that as well is what, what really means the most for growers and agronomists. So I guess supporting growers without giving them more work to do is kind of the angle of what we're doing. Uh, they need better field intelligence of, of pests and disease occurrence in their crops because it's so variable between seasons, you know, between regions and often even between crops on their, on their particular property. Um, and so if they can get that information at the right time, um, they can just slot that into their spray programs. So it's nothing worse than having to go, go back over a crop to spray just for a pest when they'd already been for um, something else. So, um, I guess that's how that that particular type of um, technology would work best, similar to how agron a lot of agronomists are working with growers to provide information as opposed to growers do it, sort of putting in the effort themselves. It's just way too much information to have to um, to troll through often. But I, I do think the multispectral drones, which, as I mentioned, we've been working with um, with UWA, who's been doing a lot of work on multispectral drones as well, Trying to see where these technologies, which are still very new, uh, how they can slot into either being used by agronomists or growers, um, because these are really things that are off the sh off the shelf at the moment, and we're seeing real benefits of them, uh, particularly in seedling crops, actually, where you know often there's a lot of soil and stubble and things that that are really hard to make out what's going on with the germin the, the actual germinating plants. And when you switch on things like this live NDVI video feed, you can see the plants and you can see where plants are missing. Just little things like that make the job a lot easier to see what, what's going on. You could have a, a problem with weevils, which are very unpredictable and very frustrating, very hard to kill too. So you have, if you have a problem with weevils, for example, you can start seeing that there are plants missing where there should be plants. And then you can go there and start... Um, Start your monitoring efforts, I suppose, and see really what's going on. Is there stunting um, in that? So the seedling um, establishment phase, we see real benefits with these drones. Um, and I guess we're trying to look more towards spring as well. What can we do in spring um, with these? What, what are the benefits and what are the scenarios? Can we find um, aphid hotspots, for example? And also we're starting to go into looking at the thermal range uh, so can we use thermal cameras as well to pick up diseases, uh, things like this? So that's, that's quite exciting too, this is, that this is moving forward. So Dusty, you've mentioned that getting the information to growers is obviously one of the most important aspects. Jane, when I, um, we, we has already mentioned PestFacts as the best place to find up-to-date information on disease finds. Is this also the case for insects? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so all of us in Graves Entomology are part of the PestFacts team. We try to, we try to, I guess, get a snapshot of what's going on during the season in each region and subregion. It's not, not always easy to do. So we rely on growers and agronomists a, a, a lot to, to get a snapshot of, of what's going on. Really to give growers a, a heads up about risk of what might be happening as an example. So maybe mites or loosen flea are hatching maybe during sometime in May. That's an important thing to, to give to growers um, that information so that they know relative to say their spray programs, um, whether they're actually at risk of, um, of seeding loss and things like that. Uh, things like budworm flights. Um, I guess we can, we can, uh, the things that we generally expect, but they happen at a different time each year, but also unexpected things. It's really important um, that we sort of uh, make sure this is in pest facts as well. Things like cutworm and uh, some years we've had issues with cabbage center grub damaging seedling crops. Um, these unexpected things, they, they really trigger growers and agronomists to get out and have a look um, to really kick in their monitoring to prevent any further damage if they are there and causing damage. Uh, but we really want to give growers the best pest information at the time that they need it and, and then take these things into account into their overall program, basically. So, um, and all, as part of pest facts, we, we also offer free insect identification as well and support. So definitely get in touch with us during the season. Um, if you see something you're, that you're not sure about, often we get, um, photos sent in through the pest facts app, which is a pretty easy, easy way of sending photos and asking for, you know, what is this or some advice on it. That'll come directly to us and we can, um, we can identify what that is. But also, if you're seeing things that you do know what it is, things like, say, um, aphids are wrapping up or you're seeing caterpillars um, that you know of, that it's important to get that information um, out to the, to the other growers in those regions as well so that they get hands up. So we put these, we record these things in the PestFacts database, which go onto the PestFacts map, which you can have a look at and just see week by week or month by month, however you want to look at it what pests are, are causing, um, are actually being detected at least uh, in, in the particular regions. So certainly pest facts is, I guess, our, our hub um, where we operate from is in, in this space, particularly around extension, but we are a national group as well. Um, as a co-investment of GRDC called the National Pest Information Network. Um, so there's pest facts in South Australia and there's one in um, Victoria and there's also the beach sheet in Queensland. Um, so we're a national group. Thanks for joining us today, Jean and Dusty. You have just listened to Jean Galloway and Dusty Severtson from DPIRD. More information on crop diseases, insects and pest facts can be found on the DPIRD website at www.agric.wa.gov.au. My name is Jeanette Pratt and thank you for listening. <laughs>